0: Romans chapter 4. I want to share the message that's with you today, the journey of faith. Uh, The Bible tells us, and I'm here in Romans, just let me quote a little bit and introduce, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he that comes to God must believe that he exists. How many believe that God exists? You believe in God or you wouldn't be here today, would you? Or you know what? I hope someone listening to me somewhere, somebody in this room, maybe you don't believe in God. I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here because I want to help you come to find faith in God. You know, I, I uh, saw something this week from a young man, uh, Christian family, uh, grew up in church and has become very bitter and sarcastic. Uh, he's been, you know, everybody's trying to blame everybody for fake news today. You, you know how that goes. If you, you know, everybody says everybody's telling fake news. Well, this guy said his family believed in a fake God. You know, it doesn't make me mad at that young man. It breaks my heart for him. And it it gives me a passion to want to help that young man get over whatever's hurt him and find out how real and great our God is. So the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he exists or you wouldn't come. And what? That he rewards those who diligently or earnestly seek him. Here's what I want you to see today. We're going to use Abram or Abraham's life as an example, and I want you to understand that faith is a journey. Faith will grow as you walk with the Lord. How many of you ever have come to realize that? That maybe you first got saved and man, you believe God could do anything, and then life beats you up a little bit, and you've got to take a journey and start trusting and believing in God. Anybody ever have your faith have some low, don't have to raise your hand. Have your faith have some low moments? Then you had to work it back up to some high moments. We've all struggled at times, haven't we? And I want you to see. And encourage you that that living a life of faith is a journey. God wants to move us along that journey. So let's look at this illustration of Abraham. This is one of my favorite passages in the Book of Romans, chapter four, verse sixteen. Let, let's follow along with me as I read. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Now, you might say, "Well, I'm." I'm not a Jew. I'm not the offspring of Abraham. Oh, wait a minute. You just may be a little closer to big daddy Abraham than you know. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abram's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. That's you and I. He is the father of us all. So, you know, I was thinking about, White lives matter, and black lives matter, and brown lives matter, and red lives matter, and yellow lives matter. and I started thinking, if everybody get it straight, we all got the same dad. I guess we're just having a family feud, and you just don't know it. Huh? So maybe if we would understand who we are in Christ, and begin to work through some of these issues. I know I'm not supposed to say words like that in church. I can't help it. But because I keep looking at that and thinking, man, you know, the devil is doing a great job of telling a lie to our culture right now. And the church isn't doing a good enough job of telling the truth right now. You know, while I was in South Africa, still they're really struggling. they you know, although apartheid has ended and uh, and, and the nation is now open, let, let me tell you something. There, There's a huge struggle in North, in South Africa for racial uh, equality and racial um, uh coming together, integrating and coming together. Still, the, the terms they use are surprising to me, and and, and and churches, to be quite honest, are still very segregated there. But I can tell you, not only did we train pastors, but the leaders there in South Africa were ecstatic because, particularly in our last two meetings, we had an amazing combination of of different ethnicities in those services. And I'm going to tell you, that's still rare in that nation. So God used us to train pastors and break racial barriers in one of the toughest spots on the planet. Aren't you thankful for the power of the gospel and that Calvary's part of that? It was amazing to see what God was doing in that place. Let's thank God for that. So he says, if, we, if we're men and women of faith believing in Christ, Abraham's a father of Saul. all. As it is written, verse 17, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Did you get that? I hear that misquoted all the time. I hear people say all the time, He's the God that calls things that are not as though they are. That's not what this says. It's already done in the mind of God. Look at this. He's the God who calls things that are not. They haven't even happened yet. And in the mind of God, they've already taken place. Wow, is that amazing? Did you see that? The God who calls the things that are not as though they were. Let's keep reading. So watch this. So Abraham gets this. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. So how did he believe that? Let's watch this. How did he do that? This man who was 75 and his wife 65 when God gave them the promise, never been able to have children. His wife was barren. They, they'd they been married. They'd never been able to produce a child. And now they're they're way over in the AARP. You understand what I'm saying? You, you, you got what I mean? I mean? I don't know if anybody ever had a baby on Medicaid or Medicare. I'm not sure. But, but, but look at this. All right? But so, how did he do that? Verse nineteen. Watch this. This is going to help us. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Are you with me? See, this 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 man wasn't in denial. He said, "I get it that I'm not capable of fathering a child." Okay, since he was about a hundred years old when the child was conceived, he was ninety nine. Okay, and that Sarah's womb was dead. So, so, so how does faith work? Is faith denials that you and I walking around in some cloud of uh, of denial and, and 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 lack of reality? No, he said. I get it that God gave me a promise, but I'm not capable of making it happen in myself. He said. I get that, but that's not my issue. I'm not going to let that stop. Mary, with me, okay? Verse twenty. Yet he did not waver. "...through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God." Look at verse 21. "...being fully persuaded that God had power to do what He had promised." Now, that's where we want to arrive on the journey of faith. We don't start there. And Abram struggled to get there. So that's why I want to encourage you with this journey today. I do not want you to stop along the way on your journey of faith. Can you say amen to that? Because we're all working on this thing. So he said, you know, in my journey, what I learned is that it's not about me. It's all about God. It's not about my limitations. It's about God's ability. And I face the fact that as an old man, I'm too old to father a child. My wife's too old to conceive a child. But that's not the issue. The issue is not Abraham and Sarah. The issue is the God who promised. So although I can't do it, I still consider him faithful. I am persuaded that God has the power to do what he promised. That's where we have to settle. This is why, watch, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us. To whom God will credit righteousness For us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So Abram took a journey of faith that had some ups and downs, some forward and back. But ultimately he had arrived at a place where he said, You know, God, I'm going to make a choice to believe you. I'm going to focus on your ability and not on my inability. And he reached a place where the Bible says he believed what God said. And God said, Because of your faith, not anything else, your faith, I count you as righteous. I say you're standing right before me. Not by anything you did, but by the fact you trust in me. That's amazing, isn't it? So wouldn't you like to see the very moment Romans 4 is talking about? Let's go to Genesis 15, and we'll read this together. I want to teach you from that moment today how to take the journey of faith. How many are thankful that if you fail the test of faith, you can get another try? How many of you have been to school? How many have done bad on a test? (laughs) How many are thankful you got another try at the test? (laughs) Yeah, those are good moments. So so we want to watch this. Uh, Abram that we're reading about, Abraham now, in Genesis 4, this man fully persuaded, this man convinced of faith in God, did not always feel that way. He was not always in that category. Uh, It's a process. Everybody listen to what I'm telling you. The process or journey to learn to trust God is not always easy or simple. Can I help you with that today? I think sometimes we think we've got to put on a face, put on an act. Can I tell you as your pastor, during this year, this year, as long as I've been a Christian and pastor this church, I have faced some challenges in my faith this year. As I've had to walk through this thing with Phoenix, You know, when you love someone so much and you're so vulnerable and emotionally raw, I'm going to tell you, I have had to pick myself up off my face a few times this year. You understand that? I'll be very transparent with you. I've had some days where I struggled, where I wanted to see something happen so bad for her that I that that I'm going to tell you, I wrestled with some things. I've had to fight the good side of faith. It's not always simple or easy every step on your journey to faith. How many of you hear that? But I'm not going to be the guy that that says it's okay to stop. I'm the guy that's going to tell you keep going till you get there. Because it's worth everything you invest in it. Amen? So it's not always simple or easy, but it's worth the work. Faith has nothing to do with your feelings or emotions. It's all about choices and decisions. Everybody understand that? Do you know you can have faith when you don't feel like it? Do you, know, do you know that the greatest act of faith on the planet is obedience? I can obey God when I don't feel like obeying God. Have you ever done that? I've obeyed God when I didn't feel like obeying God. I, I'm not happy to tell you, but I've obeyed God some days under protest. You understand what that means? I just did it because it was right and I didn't want to do it. But I did it. There's some times I've forgiven people. I just didn't want to. Am I the only one ever been there? They didn't deserve it. They didn't ask for it. you understand what I'm saying? I wanted to pray those prayers like, Nehemiah, God, I, I'm going to jerk their beard out and beat them on the head. And God... You know, there's some prayers like that in the Bible. God never lets me pray those prayers. I said, well, God, David did it. Come on, just one time? Or God, would you look at South Africa for about five minutes? I'll handle Alabama. He won't let me do it. So I've obeyed God under protest sometimes. Does that make sense? Now, you can't stay there. (laughs) But sometimes you make a choice. Faith is a decision and a choice. It's like faith and fear. Do you know you can have faith even when you're afraid? You know the difference in a coward and a hero is not fear. They both were afraid, but one acted on their fear and one chose to act on their faith. You can have faith in the middle of fear. You can have faith in the middle of your emotions all over the place. Faith is a decision. It's a choice. It's not an emotion. If you look at a train, faith is the engine and emotions are the caboose. If you'll make faith right, then your feelings will follow. But if you put your feelings on the engine, your faith's never going to catch up with where you're going. All right. So it's important. What do we do? Keep moving, keep choosing, keep obeying, keep trying. Don't give up. Don't get stuck. All right. Let's let's look at Abram's moment. Now I read to you uh, during our giving time from Genesis 14. Abram had a great moment in his life. He had gone and rescued his, his his nephew Lot. I'm in Genesis 15 now, and and he had come back triumphantly, and he had presented the tithe to the Lord, and and uh, and it was a great moment. And we come to chapter. 15 and and verse number 1, After this the word of the Lord came to Abram in a voice, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward, or... You your reward will be great. I mean, man, what a what a confirmation and an affirmation and God just saying, Hey, Abram, I see you, buddy. I'm gonna bless you, man. Things are going well. I'm your I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna bless you. I mean, man, that's a that's a great word from the Lord. But you know, sometimes in the journey of faith, I want you to listen to this, we're just not listening to God. It's like Abram didn't even hear that. Watch. Don't be afraid. I'm your shield, your very great reward. Verse 2. But Abraham said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And, Abraham said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. That doesn't sound like Romans 4, does it? But I mean, he's, he's checking out. I mean, God says, I'm with you. I'm for you. You know, have you ever had those people, uh, when you call them on the phone, they're not listening to you. They're just waiting for the next thing they're going to say. That was where Abram was with God. Abram, I'm going to bless you. Abram, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, God, but hurry, hurry, See, but see, you haven't given me what I wanted, God. But I'm going to bless you. No, no, let's not talk about the blessing. I'm talking about the child's not here, God. You ever had a friend like that on the phone? They don't ever hear a thing you say. In fact, they don't ever let you finish talking because when you're almost through, they start. Somebody told me the other day they called a family member and that and, and family member, they were trying to tell the family member what's going on and, and all they could talk about was their situation, what's happening in their life. Sometimes on our journey of faith, we need to close our mouth and listen to God. You have a lot of people tell me, I don't think God ever talks to me. I think He does. I just don't think you ever hear Him. Well, why don't I hear Him? Because you never shut your mouth. I don't mean to be ugly, but somebody's got to say it. God never speaks to me. Yes, He does. Well, how come I never hear Him? You never turn anything else off. TV's on all the time. Wah, wah, Hulu's on all the time. Netflix, Facebook Live, Instagram, We know what everybody else says. We know what the people say that hate us. You read it on, you know. Why do you do that? You know the people are going to give you a hard time, and you go on their Facebook, and follow them. <gasps> <laughs> what do you do that for? Why do you do that? So I'm going to see what my ex said about me. Why do you care? E X X. I can't believe what they said. Do you know what they said? I don't care what they said. What did God say? Um, um. Well, but they're still talking about me, and that's what my see. God's talking, but on the journey of faith, are we listening? God says, "I'm going to bless you. I'm going to reward you. It's a confirmation. It's an affirmation." But but what happens? Abraham says, "Well, you know, this hasn't happened. You know, I'm not going to have the child. My servant's going to inherit my estate." Look at verse four. Then the word of the Lord came to him: "This man will not be your heir. Are you getting this? He's not going to be your heir. Why? But a son coming from your own body will be your heir." He's in other words, what happened? He's saying. I'm still faithful to my Word. And I'm going to do exactly what I said. And you can count on me. So sometimes on the journey of faith, I want to help you. I don't have any more time to go there. You get it. We need to be quiet and listen to God. Faith comes by hearing. And what? Hearing the Word of God. When your heart is broken, don't go find other broken people to heal your brokenness. Go find the God who is your healer To heal your broken places. Turn stuff off. Close your mouth. Listen to the voice of God. He's speaking. I can tell you, He's speaking. So, we need to listen. But then He says, watch this, verse 5. He took him outside and said... So, so where was Abram? He was in his tent. And God says, we need to go outside. Alright? So, watch this. And then He says... I want you to go outside. Once you get outside, so you have to get outside first. Then I want you to look up at the heavens and count the stars. So it was night. So God comes to Abram. He's in his tent at night, and he's, you know, having a pity party. After this great victory, all he can think of is, I still haven't received what I want. So God says, let's leave the tent. Let's look up. And while you're looking, I want you to try to count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So, and look at the next sentence. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's exactly what we read in Romans 4. But I want you to notice he didn't start off that way. But he arrived there. Thank God we can get there. Amen? So I want to help you get there. So watch this. Be careful what you're listening to. But I think the next thing that you, you, you need to be careful about is where you're looking. What you're listening to and what you're looking at on this journey of faith will determine if you arrive at your destination. Just practical faith in God. So, so watch this. What is he telling? He says, the first thing, let's go to verse 5. He took him outside. You know, the first thing he said, when your faith gets stalled, we'd have to raise our hands, we've all had some faith stalls. When, when, when life tries to derail your faith in God, your trust in God, your confidence in God, Can I tell you, uh, I've learned this and been reminded of this recently more than ever. Do you know the only thing Satan really wants of yours? Do you know the only thing you really have that Satan wants to steal? Listen to me. He doesn't care about your money. He doesn't care about, really, your health. He doesn't care about anything. Do you know the only thing you and I have of value that Satan really wants to steal you? Listen to me. This is the bottom line. This is the end goal for Satan in every life. He wants to steal your faith in God. Because if he can steal your faith in God, then everything else goes down from there. That's what he's after. All these things that happen, that go, that we wrestle with, you know what he's after? The end goal for the devil is to steal your faith in God. If he can steal your faith in God, he's achieved his purpose. He doesn't care. He doesn't love you. There's nothing about you that matters to Satan. He just wants to steal your faith in God. So, so this is what he's after. So we, we, we get some of these challenges on the journey of faith. And so this is what he said. Okay, before I can do anything, Abram, he said, why don't we walk outside this tent? Why do we? Why did he say that? Because, come on, you've been there. You're in this little tent at night, and it's dark, and you need to change your perspective very quickly. You need to get out of your tent. What, what does that mean? Well, a tent is a man-made natural dwelling and by nature being a tent, it's not permanent but temporary. But somewhere on the journey of faith we build these little tents of despair and get inside them in the dark and stall out. We you aren't supposed to stop here. You know, some of these yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, someone said one of the greatest verses in the Bible is that it came to pass. Aren't you thinking well, it didn't come to stay? Kind of like some of your in-laws during Thanksgiving. I'm just kidding. But, but you know, it, it, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. Huh? So what happens, guys? Listen, there are times we get ourselves in these small, tiny, dark, man-made, restricted places. And God says, I want to show you something. You need to get outside of that tent for a minute. Come, just, just get out of that place. What, what would that be like for us? Well, uh, you know, we're going to have to allow God, if we get stalled on our journey of faith, to change our location, to change our point of reference. Anybody with me right now? So, in other words, if my present environment, let's be honest with ourselves, is eroding my faith in God, I need to change my environment. If what I'm doing, if where I'm staying, and I don't mean just physically, I'm talking about spiritually and emotionally. If where I'm dwelling right now is robbing my faith, this is not a good place for me. I need to make a change. If you want to keep moving along on the journey of faith, you will periodically have to leave some things behind you. You will have to make a decision. This mindset, this crowd, this thinking, this moment, this conversation, this place I'm in is not good for my faith in God, and I need to get out of this place. I need to change my atmosphere. See, we we become so comfortable and familiar to these limited places that we accept that this is all we can be. It's kind of like parking a Ferrari in a little bitty garage. And you'll never know what that Ferrari can do till you get it out of the garage sometimes. You understand? It's like going to the zoo and there's the lion. There's the king of the jungle laying around in a cage. Why do they lay around and sleep all, time, all the time? Because that's not what they were created to do. But if you put the lion in the cage long enough, he thinks that's who he is. And if you put Abram in the tent long enough, he thinks that's who he is. Are you with me? Sometimes you got to make a change. you got to move. you got to let go. The, the mindsets we get in. The relationships we're in. Listen, I want to help you. The conversations that we get in. Let me ask you, look, who are you currently having conversation and fellowship and communication with? Can I ask you that? Be honest. Look at, think about who you've talked with this week. Think about who you've hung out with this week. Think about who you've interacted with. let me ask you a question. After you leave that conversation, do you feel more encouraged or discouraged? Are you positive are critical. There are some people that you get around, they're like poison to your faith. They're critical about everything. They don't like anybody. They don't like anything. You know, it's amazing to me. There's 488,000 varieties of church in America today. And I meet people that, well, I just, I can't find a church. Well, you know what? I, I, there's something wrong with you. I don't mean to be ugly. Somebody's got to say it. I just said it. You can stone me later, but I just said it. I mean, 486,000, not churches, varieties of church. You know what's happened? We have to deal with this. It's not a church. It's, not it's what's happened to us. It's what we've been through. It's about how we project things, about how we look at life. And, and, and there's some situations. So I begin to look at, I have to ask myself that when I, with other ministers and pastors. When I leave a conversation, I ask myself, do I feel more faith right now? Am I encouraged? Do I believe? Do I respect leadership? Do I respect authority more? Do I have the right attitude about the people around me? What did that that conversation do to me? Now, there there may be times when your faith is low. Listen to me. The last thing you need when your faith is real low is is, is to get around a bunch of low dwellers. I don't mean that ugly. The last thing you need when you're struggling to keep moving on the journey is get yourself around a, a bunch of people who've already quit the journey. Well, you know, you just never know. Just can't trust God. I mean, I know some people have been praying thirteen years and and had a prayer answered. And you know, I think you just need to lower your expectations. And I I, I think what you ought to do, you know, you you know what? Let's just relax. You're in that tent. Just put a new rug in the tent. Just chill out. It's it's all right. Come on, you with me? You know, you, you know, you, you people are too excited about Jesus. And what do you mean? That, so, you, you what's your conversations like? What do the people around you say? Is is anybody giving you a reason to quit? Are they encouraging you to quit? Are they encouraging you to give up? Are they undermining your faith? I, I, wasn't, I, I feel very important what I'm saying here today. I feel like this is a real journey of faith for real people that we, we need to look at and, and be honest. Uh, do we want to give up and walk off? Or, or do, do these, you know what I call those tent dwellers, faith killers, dream stillers. You know, those aren't your people. Those aren't your people. That's not who you are. You're, you're not a tent dweller. You're a faith journeyer. You're a promised land taker. You're a conqueror. You're, you you. have a dream. Don't live with the dream stealers. If you can help them, help them. But if they won't let you help them, then move on. You might drop a word for them, but if they don't take it. You know, Jesus even said every once in a while, you got to take your shoes off and dust them off and just truck on down the road. Because you've got greater things in your life. It's not that you don't love. It's not that you don't care. But if helping them is hurting you, you need to move on down the road. I feel like there's someone I'm trying to help today to move along in the journey of faith. That life has gotten you and you're settling and You've listened to the lies so much you're accepting them. Get back in the Word. Listen to God. Come out of that tent. And what does He say? Get outside. I can't show you enough in that place. So the first thing, you must get out of the tent. Tell somebody, leave your tent. Come on, tell them right now. Leave your tent. Because what do you tell them? Let's go outside and look in verse 5. What do you say? And look up. I can't look up standing in a tent. There's something, listen to me, listen. God wants to give you a fresh revelation today. He wants to elevate your faith. He wants to broaden your horizon. But in the certain circumstance you're in, you cannot see anything else. You need to walk outside so I can look up and see the greatness of God. Okay, I need to look up. What happens when I start to look up? I get on God's turf. See, in the tent, God's in my turf. When I go outside, I'm on God's turf. I just walked out of the limits, and I began to look and see what God did. He said, would you just look up for a minute? Would you look up? Remember, that's how this whole thing started in Genesis thirteen four. It said, after Lot had left him, God said, now look up to the north. That's the north. North and the south and the east and the west. And I'm going to give all this to you. See, there's. Some, look, what, look at. Let's turn to that. I want you to underline some words. Can you put that up, Genesis 13, 4? Or look at this. Uh, 13, 4. Well, maybe I gave you the wrong scripture. I probably did. I've been in South Africa. I'm a little disoriented. It's 14. I'm sorry. Genesis 13, 14. Listen to this. The Lord said to Abram, Watch the watch the timing. After. Lot had parted from him. See, after he got out of the tent, are you with me? After he left the caustic relationship, what did he say? After, the Lord said to Abram, after the Lord had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are. Can you can you find 14 for me if you can? If not, I, I gave you that verse, so that's on me. Okay, good. Look, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him. See, there's sometimes you're never going to be able to look and see what's next till you leave where you've been. After Lot had parted, look around from where you are, lift up your eyes from where you are to the north, south, east, and west. God wants to show you what's next, but you're going to have to leave some things to see it. God wants you to move along on your journey of faith, but you're going to have to get out of that tent of despair to take a good look at it. Let's look up, let's look at God's ability, let's look at the supernatural, let's be willing to know that. Can I tell you something? After this thing that's limiting you, there's a big God on the other side of that. See, after. So some things we want to we want to do both. God says, just let go of that and let me show you something. Get your head up. Pick your head up. You know what happens? If I walk around with my head down, I see the creation. But if I walk around with my head up, I see the creator. How many know what I'm talking about? See, he said, you need to lift your head up because this is how we live. All I can see is what God did when I walk like this. But when I walk like this, I see who God is. This is creation. That's creator. I've got to lift my head up. When, when Listen, listen. when you're 90-some years old and your wife is 80-some years old and you've never had a baby, every time you look down, it's kind of like looking in the mirror and trying to have faith. It's like, oh, God, help me. You understand? You've got to realize Abram had a severe case of furniture disease at this point in his life. His chest had fallen in his drawers. You understand what I'm saying? So, when, I'm, I'm sorry He said you can't keep looking down You keep looking at this partner You're never going to have any faith How many understand what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be crude I'm just trying to It is what it is <laughs> So you understand Abraham's What are we reading Romans 4? He said my body's dead I mean, you know, he used to have a gun show, but the forty four was a twenty two now, you know what I'm saying? I mean, if things had fallen, gravity had done its work. And he says, man, I need to stop looking down. And I need to start looking at the God who made the promise. So there comes a moment, guys, when you put yourself in a place where you get out of all this negative, limiting, distraction, distractive tent living, and your head gets clear, and your faith gets open again, and you see the God who made the promise. You look up and you say, God, you're bigger, you're greater, you're able, I can see what you're doing. And you begin to realize, you know what, I'm going to stop living. See, people that walk with their head down, that's short-term living. I can't see but where I am. But people that begin to walk with their head up, that's long-term living. I've got vision. I'm going someplace. I see where I'm going. I'm moving in the things of God. He said, get your head up. Change your perspective. It's a choice. It's a decision. And then what does he say to watch this? He says, while you're looking, let me give you a little exercise here in 15, verse chapter 15, verse 5. He says, while you're looking, why don't you count the stars if you can? You know what that is about? Be reminded of the unlimited power of God. Stop measuring God by your little bitty tent. Stop trying to tell me who God is looking at your 90-year-old body. Stop describing what's not and start trying to grasp the greatness of who He is. Look at the stars. Try to count them. I'm the God who made the world. I'm the God who created the universe. If you counted them for the rest of your life, you would not get through one small percentage of the greatness of God. See, count the stars. We need to stop counting the losses. Come on, you hear me? And start counting the stars. We need to stop listening to the negative and start looking at the God who is able. We're on a journey of faith. And notice where he ended up. Verse 6, so Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham said, I believe you. And God says, you're right before me. You know, we keep trying to earn faith and and, 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 uh, and all these things and buy faith. And all faith is is coming to a place where you say, God, I believe you more than my circumstance. I believe you more than my failure. I believe you more than my feelings. I believe you more than my limitation. I'm going to get out of this tent. I'm going to look back in the face of God, and I'm going to choose to say... I believe you are who you say you are. And you do what you said you would do. And God said, that's all I need from you. It's for you to trust me. Just for you to believe me and put your faith in me. And so, you see the journey. Abram took a journey. He didn't start off there. But he ended up there. I want you to stand with me. Come on, let's stand. Pastor Joy, come. You don't start off there always. But it's not where you start. It's where you end up that matters on this journey of faith. So today... I want to encourage you to take some faith steps on your journey. I want to encourage you to make some choices. It's about choices. It's not feelings or emotion. Would you make some choices today? God, maybe, maybe. where are you in this journey? Are you in that tent? You don't have to raise your hand. Maybe you need to get out of that tent. Maybe you need to get out of some negative conversations. Maybe you need to get out of some negative mindsets. Stop reinforcing what's holding you back. Get your eyes off yourself. Start looking at God. You know, right in the middle of Phoenix, one of these moments, I think I shared this once before, I had a good friend, and to be honest, he 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 basically kind of rebuked me a little bit. And I needed it. Because I had myself stuck in a place looking at me instead of looking at God. I was watching Phoenix go through this Suffering and so much early on in this thing in her little skin, and I said, "Oh God, God, I, I'll take her place in that bed." God put, which is you know, this isn't how it works, but you know, you know how you get there. I said, "God, put, it, I'll take this. Said, Let her get out." God, I'll take her place in the bed. God, I'll give her my eyeballs. I've seen a lot. I've been there. You know, I, I, she's she's got life. God, I'll trade. God, I'll do that. And I said it to my friend, and he looked at me, kind of smiled. He said, "Well, George, that's really not what you need to do." He said, "Jesus already did that for Phoenix on the cross. That's not your part. Jesus already took our sickness on him, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, stripes laid on his back. See, I wanted to fix it. I wanted to do it." But what she needs is bigger than me. So he said, George, Jesus already did that. That's not your job. I said, well, you're right. God, I'm sorry. Thank you, Jesus, that you took her place on the cross. That you're her healer and her miracle worker. That you're the God who is able. So you see, sometimes we get stuck in a tent. We, we You know, we've got this old religious mentality that all the tents you get stuck on on the journey of faith are, oh, nasty, sinful tents. But some of them are just misunderstood tents, misappropriated places where we're trying to do what only God can do. You understand? Mold is pure. Heart wants what's best. But we have to lift our eyes up. Aren't you thankful today that you and I are not the source? That you and I are not the answer? That you and I are not God? That we're not... The God who is able, He's the God who is able. And can I tell you what God wants from you today? He doesn't want more action or or work. He doesn't want you to crawl on your knees or say one prayer 38,000 times or cut yourself. You understand? You know what He wants you to do? Trust Him. Believe that He is who He says He is. That He will do what He said He would do. At this moment, it doesn't feel like He's doing it. At this moment, I can't see that He's doing it. But I didn't put the stars up in that sky. And I didn't plan this thing. I didn't die on a cross. He did those things. So my job today is, I believe you. I believe you. Do you need to get out of a tent today? Sometimes you need to get out of it. Sometimes, I don't want to be hard, but sometimes you need to close your mouth. If you can't say what God says, don't talk. You with me? If you can't agree with that word, shut it. Huh? If you can't say what he says, don't, don't say what he doesn't say. Now listen, it's not just a matter of words. It's a matter of faith and trust. Don't talk yourself out of the promises of God. Don't jump in a conversation. Of dream stillers and faith robbers. There's some things you need to walk off from. I've been around some conversations when they're over, I felt dirty. And nobody had cussed. I've been in conversations where weights were thrown on me. And it was Christian conversations. I'm just being honest, I can be. So I've learned to get out of it fast as I can. All you got to do in the middle of it, when that junk starts, start praising God and talk about how good God is. It'll flip that thing right around. Just flip it around. People have tried to tell me this isn't going to happen and that's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. I just want to talk about God. I've learned I don't have to defend myself when I'm obeying God. I don't have to prove myself when I'm obeying God. I don't talk about myself. I talk about God. Someone says, George Sawyer, God's not going to do that. I don't say, well, I know He will or He told me. I said, the Word says, and here we go. The Word said, the Word said, the Word said, God said, God said. I don't care what you say, and you don't need to care what I say. What did God say? What does the Word say? Some people here today, you need to get out of a tent. You need to get out of your tent. It's small, and it's narrow, and it's dark. And and you're making a permanent thing out of a temporary stop on your journey. Get out of it today. In Jesus' name, walk out of that thing. Say, Pastor, what if I walk out of this tent? What's next? God's next. Whatever's next is better than where you are. Let go of it and let God do something. It may be a relationship. It may be a conversation. It may be a place of fear. Some of you, I feel this from the Lord. God's told you to start a business. Do what God told you to do. Stop trusting in a tent that lies to you about the greatness of your God and the bigness of who you are. Walk out of that thing. God's able. Some of you are called in the ministry and you're afraid. Leave the tent of fear and just do what God called you to do. Let your children, watch you, sir, ma'am, walk this walk of faith. Let your children see you serve God. I'd rather leave the tent, be cold a few nights, than die inside that place away from the will of God in my life. Are you with me? You need to get out of some tents. You need to look up from where you are. If it's not cloudy tonight, you need to go outside and literally start trying to count them. Get your eyes up off this thing. Quit looking in the mirror to decide who God what God looks like and look in the mirror of this word. That's what God looks like. Some of you here today, you've been hurt in church. Particularly somebody listening. Can I I need to say this? The Holy Spirit said, You're you're you know what? You wouldn't be watching now. I'm not trying to if you weren't hungry for God. But you're afraid because you've been hurt. I understand that. Are there hypocrites in church? Yes. Are there liars in church? Yes. Are there hypocrites at work? Yes. Are there liars at work? Yes. But you're going to go there tomorrow. Don't let the hypocrites and the liars lock you in your tent. Come out today in the name of Jesus. God's going to do something for you. Well, I just feel the Holy Spirit all working, working, working just in our heart. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, free us. From the small, dark tents of discouragement and giving up. Free us from those places that rob us of who you are in the greatness of God. Lord, don't let us stop along the journey. There's more. It's better, greater, stronger. God, we need you. I want my my elders to come and, and join me here at the front. I'm going to be dismissed. We're going to dismiss in 60 seconds. I sense very strongly there are people here today, you are good people. Good people. See, if, if your faith didn't matter to you, it wouldn't be a struggle. You would have let go already. Come on, let's let's not be afraid of who thinks what, who says what. There's some good, good people here today, and the enemy's trying to lock you in a tent. I, I, when I dismiss in prayer, come on, quit worrying about anybody else, what anybody else says, what anyone thinks. Stop thinking religious and start thinking relationship And I want you to make a move out of where you are. This is a day to renew some big faith in your life right now. This is a day to move out of a tent and get back in that place. I want you to come and let somebody pray with you today. Father, as we go today, we know that you have spoken and that we have heard and that we're going to stay on this journey of faith. We're going to keep walking, keep believing, keep trusting because you're worth it all, Lord Jesus. We believe in you. God, let faith arise in our hearts. Let hope arise. Arise in our hearts Let us stop uh, the, the journey The uh, Refuse to stop along the journey Lord free us Get us out of the tent Lift up our eyes And let us try to imagine The greatness of our God We love you We thank you We trust you Now Lord I pray That there are men and women In this room That have divine uh, assignments uh, Today You brought them here Don't let them leave Without affirming This moment in their life Let them receive Prayer and encouragement